0: As the senior pastor at Living Word Christian Church in White Plains, New York, Pastor Ray will challenge you today to begin your walk in integrity and victory, forever changing your life as transformed by the power of God. More Than Conquerors is supported by the generous gifts of listeners like you. You can find us online by going to livingwordchurch.org. It is never, ever a good thing to stop praying, seeking the Holy Spirit's advice, reading your Bible, and most certainly, going to church. And you can bet your last dollar that Satan will never take a vacation or drop his guard, but rather do everything in his power to get you to drop yours. With springtime just around the corner, warmer weather invites us to relax that hectic lifestyle we're so comfortable with and get a little sleepy in regard to our spiritual Responsibilities, but there are some things we should never relax. In this convicting two day message, Pastor tells us of some of the signs we should be on the lookout for in protecting ourselves against the dangers of getting spiritually sleepy.
1: You know, if we're not careful, each and every one of us can fall prey to things in life that can cause us to get sleepy. And um, if we're not, you know, if we're not awake and attentive to our walk and to our relationship with God and some of the things that the Lord has required of us, it is possible that we could be lulled into, uh, you know, a sleepiness or to sleep. Sometimes we can fall into spiritual lethargy or sleepiness by our own doing. Sometimes there are things that we are doing willfully and there are sometimes there are sins of omission. Some are commission, some are sins that we commit knowingly. But then there's some things where we omit things. Sometimes we're not aware, we haven't learned, maybe we haven't, you know, heard. And there are areas that sometimes we're our own responsibility. It is our own responsibility for our sleepiness or for our laziness. So tonight I wanted to go over a couple of things. But let's, uh, let's start in Romans chapter 13 and verse 11. And do this knowing the time, that now it is high time. Everybody say, it is high time. It is high time to awake out of sleep. So we're supposed to be aware of the time. How many of you know that the days that we're living in are probably some of the most serious days on the earth right now? There are so many things that are going on. I don't, I don't know about you, and I don't mean to be spooky or over-spiritual, but I sense and, and I feel in my own life and my own walk that spiritual warfare is at an all-time high. I mean, I don't, know, I don't know if you're feeling it or you're experiencing it, but I'm just finding myself, you know, often in battles, spiritual battles, uh, battling for my position or battling some things in my life. It's, it's, I think we're all being affected in some way by, by, by this spiritual warfare. So the word of the Lord is, first of all, we, number one, have to be aware of the time, the day, the hour in which we live simply said we're living in some very very serious times and if we're not careful we will either be lulled to sleep by the enemy or because of our own doing allow ourselves to be lulled to sleep and we'll find ourselves in a, in a spiritual slumber or spiritual sleepiness and we really when we're in that condition we open ourselves for tremendous trouble I, I, I'm, I'm working and I'm trying in my life to do the very best I can to keep myself free from any trouble how many of you are sick and tired of trouble I don't want any more trouble. Do you want any more trouble? No. Well, the number one way to keep yourself in trouble is to keep yourself spiritually sharp, spiritually awake. If your spiritual senses are sharp, if your spiritual awareness is sharp and keen, you're going to be able to head things off at the pass. You're going to be able to stop things even before they get started in your life. Come on. You see, some of you didn't know that you actually, you actually, as a believer filled with the Holy Ghost. God on your side, you have the ability to stop trouble before trouble even gets a foothold in your life. Woo, glory, that's, that's, good, that's good news. But in order to stop trouble, in order to be on top of your life and on top of your walk, you're going to have to be aware uh, of your spiritual state and your spiritual condition and be sure that you are not being lulled to sleep either by your own doing or by whatever the enemy wants to do. The enemy will try to come and do that. Especially if you're a person that's in pursuit of the things of God. Especially if you're a person who's serving and living. You know, sometimes you hear people say, I don't understand why this is happening to me. You ought to understand why this is happening to you. It's happening because the devil sees that you're a person who is hot after God. And he's going to try everything he can to mess you up. Don't you know, bring all kinds of things. Amen? But praise God that we have victory over all of it. Come on, give me a better amen, a shout of hallelujah. We have victory over all of it. So tonight, let's just uh, read these verses. And it says, uh, uh, again, knowing that it is high time to awake out of sleep. For now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. We're getting close. You know, um, The we don't hear too much preaching about this, but... How many of you know that Jesus is going to return? Amen. And we understand, if, you're, if you've read the Bible, that he's coming in the same way that he left. He went up in a cloud, he's coming back on a cloud. Hallelujah. Amen. Just the way he was lifted up is the same way he's going to descend. And, and we, all, we ought to know and we ought to live knowing that it could happen at any moment of time. We're closer today than they were 2,000 years ago. And Jesus could return at any moment of time. So he says, for our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. Now, listen to what it says. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Therefore, let us cast off the works of darkness, and let us put on the armor of light. Now, the exhortation here is let us. In other words, we're the ones that are to cast off the works of darkness. We're the ones that are to, to divorce ourselves, to separate ourselves, to remove ourselves. From those works of darkness, those things in our lives that, you know, we understand may be sinful or not pleasing to God. It is our responsibility to remove ourselves from these works of darkness. And he said, let us put on the armor of light. So we're to remove ourselves from the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. And he said, let us walk properly. And and that, you know, I could do some preaching on that. Let us walk properly. In other words, there's a proper way to, to walk as a believer. Did you all hear me back there? There's a proper way to walk as a believer. We can't walk carelessly. We don't walk frivolous, frivolously. We don't walk, you know, um, you know, in a, with silliness. There is a proper way to walk. And he said, let us walk properly as in the day, not in the revelry of drunkenness. So we understand that drunkenness is not correct, is not... Is not pleasing to God, not in lewdness, not in lust, not in strife, and not in envy. Isn't it interesting that he puts strife and envy on the same level as drunkenness and lewdness and lust? Sometimes we think, well, if it's not, you know, if it's not lust or drunkenness, that my a little bit of strife and a little bit of envy is okay. But he put it on the same level this is really important to see how God looks at sin. Sometimes we classify sin. But as I got instructed in the word of God, I found out that sin is sin. There's no classification to sin. All sin is sin. Everybody say sin is sin. There's no such things as, as you know, bad sin and not so bad sin. Sin is bad. It's it it's just bad, no matter how you look at it, all right so we tend to you know we tend to classify and think there's certain things we can get. anything that is against God's word is sin, amen, and it's all in the same classification, so he says not in not in lewdness and lust, not in strife and envy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ now I, I'm going to just you know uh, tell you this that every day you have to put the Lord on, just like you put your clothes on every day you have to Dress yourself up with God. You know, in other words, fix your armor. Remind yourself that, that, you know, I am one of Jesus's. I'm a disciple. I'm a believer. Today, I purpose and choose and will to walk as a believer. Come on, is everybody with me? Every day, you've got to put on Christ. That's why, you know, a lot of preaching I could do here. But I don't think we ought to start our day without giving glory to God. That sort of adjusts us, Amen. You know, Sunday. I was talking about the reset button. How many remember? Everybody, reset. Come on, reset. Praise and worship is your reset button. And every morning we ought to glorify God and reset ourselves for the day. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ, and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lusts. Make no provision for the flesh. In other words, don't set up your, or set yourself up for a fall. But you make no provision for the flesh. So you know, if, if you have a problem in your life in some area, like say say, uh, say you know, uh, say, alcohol is your problem, you don't hang out in bars. You don't keep liquor in the house just in case. Am, are you with me? <laughs> just in case. All right? You, you, you don't do that, see? Uh, just like a person who knows if you're on a diet, you clean out your whole cabinet, man, you get rid of all the junk, all the cookies, you say enough is enough. You don't keep anything around just in case <laughs> you make no provision for the flesh to get fleshed out. So, so, so this, this word here, put on Jesus every day. You got to put the Lord on and purpose to make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lusts. Amen. All right. Open up to Peter's, uh, letter and here just the word of exhortation five eight and peter records be sober be what sober and another word for that you might want to put this in: is self-controlled be sober or self-controlled be vigilant and that word vigilant means watchful because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeing, seeking whom he may devour. So the Bible is teaching us again that, you know, we see in, in Romans, tell us to, to wake up. Everybody say, wake up. All right. And in here in Peter, we say, be sober and be watchful. Say, be sober and be watchful. Because if we're not, there's a chance that we could slip into a spiritual sleepiness. So let me give you my seven. You can write these down. I do have some scriptures that I'll share. But there are seven signs of spiritual slumber. Number one sign is the loss of joy and closeness to God that is obtained and maintained through prayer and worship. One of the very first signs of spiritual sleepiness is when we lose our joy and our closeness with God. And, and, and that, 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 that we, all, we know comes through prayer and worship and being in the presence of God. That's why, that's why I'm going to keep using that because I love that. We've got to constantly remember that prayer and worship readjusts us and get us, gets us back into alignment. And, and one of the first signs when we're falling into, into a slumber, into a spiritual slumber, is that we just don't want to pray anymore. We don't want to praise anymore. We don't have time to pray. Let me tell you, if you don't have time to pray and you don't have time to worship God, you're just too busy. Every day we must purpose to set time aside because one of the very first signs of spiritual laziness or spiritual sleepiness or spiritual slumber is that we've lost this relationship, that this, this prayer and worship that really connects us to God and constantly, you know, rebuilds and wakes, wakes us up uh, to remind us every day of who God is and who we are. Worship ought to remind us every day of who we are and who God is. It puts us back into that proper alignment with God. In Psalm 63, you might want to write this down and look it up later. I like what the psalmist writes, 63 verses one through five. And, and the psalmist writes, "O oh God, you are my God. Early will I seek you. Early will I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. You see how he's crying out saying, Lord, I need you. Lord, I want you. You are my, you are my all in all. Verse 2, he says, So I've looked for you in the sanctuary. Where did he look for him? In the sanctuary. Man, I mean, he went to church. Did you all hear what I said? He went to church. For I've looked for you in the sanctuary to see your power and to see your glory. Because your loving kindness is better than life. Your loving kindness is better than life. My lips shall praise you. Thus I will bless you while I live. I will lift up my hands in your name My my soul shall be satisfied. So we understand that a satisfied soul is connected to our prayer and our worship, our prayer life and our worship life. So one of the very first signs of spiritual sleepiness is the loss of joy and closeness to God that is obtained and maintained through prayer and worship. You can't be a believer or say you're a believer and not have a pretty decent prayer life and worship life. That doesn't mean you pray for five hours a day or even an hour a day. It simply means that I am constantly in communication with God. Don't stop your communication with God. One, one way that you communicate is through prayer. The other way you communicate is through worshiping him, praising him, thanking him, adoring him, loving him, telling him how much you love him and appreciate him, telling him that he means everything to you. Who? come on, somebody give me a better amen than that. When you've lost that, you've already begun the process Of sleepiness, of spiritual sleepiness in your life. So number two, one is the loss of closeness to God that's obtained and maintained through prayer and worship. Number two, the loss of clear understanding of God's purpose in your life. It's so easy to lose that understanding of the purpose that God has for your life. And, and I don't mean to sound really spiritual because people get spooked out by this stuff. Like, I don't, know what, I, don't know what, I don't know what my purpose is. God hasn't talked to me. God doesn't have to come and speak to you audibly. If you open up the pages of your Bible, you will find out what God's purpose is. First of all, let me just encapsulate God's purpose for your life in one little or two little words, a couple little, three little words. This is God's ultimate purpose for your life, to be a blessing. That's God's ultimate purpose in your life, to be a blessing. You see, we've got it backwards. We think God's purpose in our life is to, for him to bless us. We started this meeting out good, but I think we're sinking. No, the reason why God wants to bless you is so that you in turn can be a blessing to somebody else. And everything that will you know, come and stem from your life all has to do with how can you be a blessing to somebody else. We have too many consumers in the body of Christ. We have too many consumers and not enough people who are willing to give something back. And number one purpose for your life is to be a giver. When you forget and when you lose sight of the fact that you are alive and you are in this world to be a blessing to somebody Along the way of life, you have begun the process of falling into a spiritual slumber. And we all know this verse, and you can write it down for some of you that don't, don't know it, but Genesis 12 two, and And God speaking to Abram says, I will bless you and make your name great. That's the promise we have. God wants to bless every one of us and make our name great. Hallelujah. Give me an amen. But he goes on to say, and you shall be a blessing. So he blesses us so that we in turn can be a blessing. But the moment that you, you lose sight Of your purpose in life and your purpose in life is to be a blessing you have begun the spiritual the 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 slipping into a spiritual slumber or sleepiness so number two is that the loss of a clear understanding of god's purpose for your life number one purpose is to be a blessing every one of us is alive today uh, for a reason every single person every one of us is alive and in this earth for a reason do you believe you're here for a reason well you ought to and you see let me tell you what you may be the only Jesus that somebody ever sees you may be the only word of encouragement that a person might get there might be someone that you will cross paths with that will be pulled out of their depression because of your word of encouragement because of your bringing hope back to their life so the number one reason why every one of us are, and it is to be a blessing. And if we lose sight of that, we've already begun this, the process of falling into a spiritual sleep. And so many of us get so busy with our lives and so consumed on ourselves that we forget that we're alive to be a blessing. So we ought to seek and desire, uh, you know, and look for every opportunity we can to be a blessing wherever we can. Give me a better amen than that. Somebody help me here. All right. Number three, and this kind of flies on the tails of this, another sign of spiritual slumber is being self-focused instead of excited and motivated about evangelism and kingdom building. Want me to read that again? Nobody asked me to read this again. Some of you are writing it down. Some of you don't care about it. Being self-focused instead of excited and motivated about evangelism and kingdom building. I don't know why everybody who calls himself a Christian isn't excited about getting somebody else saved. I don't know why everybody that calls himself a Christian isn't excited in some way of building the kingdom of God. Doing something to cause the kingdom to be strengthened and built and encouraged. My passion, and it's not just because I'm a pastor, I had this passion before I ever got any documents or any credentials or any ordinations. My passion from the, from the moment I got saved and recommitted my life to the Lord was to build the kingdom in some way, strengthen the kingdom of God. Somehow, do something somewhere, some way that will increase and strengthen the kingdom of God. Can I get a better amen than that? And when your focus of attention comes off of Uh, the kingdom and on myself there are so many believers today that are so self-focused and so self-consumed and selfishness is a sin let's just call it what it is it's a sin and we need to turn that thing around and understand that when we're self-focused and we're so inward and we're just so consumed with our own lives and consumed with what's going on in my life did you ever get with somebody like that you're trying to have a conversation the whole conversation is about them I've often walked away from a conversation thinking, I never even got a chance to say one thing about what was going on in my life. All I heard about was going on in their life. And I realized that they really couldn't give a hoot as to what was going on in my life. They just wanted me to know about everything that was going on in their life. And I think to myself, dear God, how self-focused can we get? How self-consumed. A person that talks about themselves all the time, is that's evidence. That's proof that they're totally self-consumed because that's all they're thinking about. Isn't it? If all you think about is self, that's all you're going to talk about. If all you do is meditate on your own problems, that's all you're going to talk about. It's proof that you don't look or care about anybody else around you. And it is a severe sign of spiritual lethargy or spiritual sleepiness. You have lost your sharpness. You have lost your edge because you're self-consumed and you're not really concerned about people and God has you in this earth to be concerned about others, even sometimes more than yourself. I told you this was mature material tonight. There are three ways that we really are a testimony out in the world or the way we share the gospel or share in an uh, you know share the, the lord jesus first of all it's by our lifestyle number two it's by our testimony how many of you have given how many of you have given your testimony to somebody about you know what god has done in your life and how how jesus has made a difference are we embarrassed or ashamed to to to, to talk about you know jesus i'm gonna tell you what you're you're spiritually asleep if you're afraid to speak about jesus lifestyle i said lifestyle was one of the ways the way you live your life is 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 the way that you are demonstrating to the world uh, it is a form of evangelism because the way you're living your life is you know it, actually one person said what you do speaks louder than what you say so the way you live your life is a testimony to the world that that is your testimony right and then the other way is the word sharing the word with people giving them the good news We have to be really, really careful as believers that we don't come to church only to get something. We have to be very, very careful that we don't only come to church because we have needs and we need to find answers for our own needs. Some of us have been searching for our answers for so long. You've been searching, searching. You're going to search for the next 50 years. I found out something. When you start investing in others and when you start reaching out to others and when you start praying for others and you start helping others, answers come to you. So when we fall in this condition of being so self-focused and no longer are motivated, excited about evangelism, about kingdom building, and about being a blessing to the kingdom and doing something to advance and, and strengthen the kingdom of God, we've already begun the process of slipping into lethargy, spiritual lethargy. So, so um, here, here's the verse. You know, uh, Matthew twenty-eight. These are all verses you know. But Matthew twenty-eight nineteen, Jesus said, "Go ye." Or go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That's our, That's the Great Commission. That's the Great Command. We're supposed to go out into the world and do this.
0: Tune in tomorrow afternoon at 2 for More Than Conquerors with Pastor Ray. If today's message was a blessing to you, ask for your free CD of the broadcast for a gift of any amount to help support this radio ministry.